0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. We will walk the path. We will receive the revelation. We will get in step with our purpose. We will use our gifts. We will live on fire. Amen. I know you don't know what the series is other than the title, but I have to tell you I'm very, very excited to be talking to you today about spiritual alignment. And uh, I feel like the Lord has really spoken to me personally and I know that the Lord wants to speak to everyone here in a very personal way. This series, which we're titling, entitling spiritual alignment speaks to the fact that there's a deep spiritual work that needs to take place in every Christian in order for us to operate with our gift on fire. Okay, and you're going to see in a few moments that it's God's will for us to be the people of God, but people on fire. How many agree the church should be on fire? Can I get an Amen. Absolutely, so I've got a lot to say, I've had to condense so much. We're going to spend three weeks uh, focusing on spiritual alignment, and uh, I want you to pray because I'm going to be uh, um, presenting some very familiar verses. And part of what happens as you're reading the word of God over time is that Uh, um, you think that you know what the Bible says, but there's more there. Everybody say there's more there. (laughs) There are deeper revelations, there are deeper discoveries, and those discoveries are very important because they impact the way we live for God. And so you know these two verses, you know that you know these two verses. Uh, Many of you have heard them quoted and prayed over potentially but I want you to listen closely with a, a fresh heart, with, with fresh eyes and uh, uh, with fresh ears to hear what the spirit would say. So let's just jump right into it. This is the Apostle Paul. These are some of the last words that Paul would ever write. And he's speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy. Timothy was, was called by God. The plan of God for Timothy's life was that he would be one of the key leaders in the New Testament church uh, as Paul was, was making his way off the scene. See, people make their way onto the scene and then they go off the scene. And when you get onto the scene, how many know God has a plan for your life? But that plan passes on. And so now Paul is saying, I'm passing this on to you to a certain degree, Timothy. You have a role to play. And here's some very important advice. He gave it 2,000 years ago. We need to receive this advice today. He says, for this reason, I remind you, this is a reminder. I remind you to fan into flame, the, read these three words, ready? The gift of God. Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid. This word literally means it doesn't make you a coward. There should be nothing in your spirit, there should be nothing cowardly in the spirit of a child of God. Children of God are not supposed to walk in fear or operate in fear or decide in fear, or choose in fear or live by fear. That spirit doesn't come from God. Can I get an amen? amen? This is very, very important for us to understand. That word means, listen, if something is making a coward out of you in any way, in any way, just know, that's not from God. It's Very, very important. He says, for the spirit that God gave us did not make us timid or fearful or cowardly. But the spirit that God gave us gives us what? Read these together with me. Ready? Power, love, and self-discipline. One more time. Ready? Power, love, and discipline And self-discipline. This is what we're supposed to be carrying around. This is what we're supposed to be walking uh, around with in our hearts. When you were born again, Christ in you, the hope of glory resides inside of you. The spirit of God. When you are a Christian, the spirit of God lives inside of you now. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And here's what he's saying to Timothy, and what he was saying to Timothy, he's saying to us. He's saying, Timothy, I want you to live with your gift on fire. I want you to operate with your gift on fire. I want you to minister to the people with your gift on fire. I want you to, I want you to minister to your family with your gift on fire. You are your best, Timothy, when your gift is on fire. How many know that you and I are our best when our gift is on fire? We're our best for God when our gift is on fire. The church of Jesus Christ is a collection of people whose gifts should be on fire. They took note that these simple, unschooled fishermen had been with Jesus when they saw the boldness, when they saw the fire in them. They took note that they had been with Jesus. A byproduct of being with Jesus and having Jesus inside of us is that we should walk around with our gift on fire, operating in kingdom power and love and authority because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. This city needs Christians whose gifts are on. On fire, Would somebody say amen? amen? You could be a businessman and walk into the office and your gift can be on fire. You can be a mother that drops, drops off your children at school, but when you talk to those moms, they take note, there's something about that woman, that woman is on fire. That's the life that we're called to live. And what he's saying is, Timothy, keep your gift on fire. In other words, we are our best selves for God. There's a difference. You could be your best self for yourself. But we are our best selves for God when our gift is on fire. And he's saying, Timothy, Timothy, like what would your life look like if your gift was on fire? What would your life look like if you were really so full of the spirit of God, my sister? Okay. So full, not full of fear, not worrying about what happened last year or last week or whatever, but so full of the Spirit of God. This is what I'm praying for our young people. Okay, we need young people walking out into this world with their gifts on fire. And so that people won't say, oh, you know those millennials. No, these are spirit filled millennials. These are millennials that are walking in power, authority, love, and self discipline. You understand, we're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're supposed to be people who are full of the spirit of God, walking in the power of God, walking in the love and the life of God with the mind of God. That's what we need. And you know, when that's happening, your gift is on fire. What would your life look like if your gift was on fire? Okay, because that's what he's telling Timothy. Timothy, I'm leaving, but listen, you need to keep your gift on fire. Now, here's what he He basically lays out to him. The way you keep your gift on fire is you stay in alignment with the spirit of God. And when you're in alignment with the spirit of God, here's what happens. Your gift, your spirit, okay, aligns with God's power. Because God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but a spirit of, first one, everyone. So... He gave us a spirit of power. That is our God is a powerful God. Then then it's more than that. Okay, when your gift is on fire, what happens is is you're walking out of your house, okay? And you're in so you're not only in alignment with God's power, but you're also in alignment with God's heart. God wants to put his heart inside of your chest. God wants you to walk into a room and have His heart. And let me tell you something when we walk into a room with the heart of God, things will change. People will be impacted. When we walk around with the heart of God, people are impacted by the heart of God. The love of Jesus is so powerful. The love of Jesus can turn the hardest heart into mush. You see? But that's God's heart and God wants to fill our chest with his heart. And he wants us to align with his heart. He said, Timothy, remember the spirit that God gave you is a spirit of power, a spirit of love. We'll talk more about this next week. And then thirdly, when you're when you're uh, uh, aligned, when your gift is, gift is on fire, the way you stay aligned is that you are aligned with God's mind. We're going to spend the next three weeks talking, about God's power, God's heart, and God's mind, and how to stay aligned with all three. Now, there's so much to this. There's so much to this that we're gonna only focus on one. We're gonna focus on his power. And the title of the message today is Aligning with His Power. God wants us to align with his power. Power. Everybody say power. power. Listen, that word power in the original language is actually, uh, the is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. Okay? Explosive power. And God wants us to live not in a spirit of fear, but he wants us to live in light of the power of God. Now, I want to say this, and by the way, I'm going to talk a little while before we pray, because I want us to pray with the right kind of framework as we go into this series. But I want you to think about this. We're going to be talking about the power of God first, and for many years, when I would read this text, here's one of the questions I would ask myself is, Lord, why power first? Why? If the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, love is the most excellent way. The highest form of spirituality is love. God is love. Lord, why did you say power first? Very, very important for us to understand today. Please listen, everybody look at me. Look at me right now. This is very, very important. Why power first? It's power first because when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to the plans of God and the purposes of God, it, it always has to start with his power. We can't do anything in ourselves, but we can do all things by the power of Christ who strengthens us. How many would say amen? But it's power first because God is the one who begins the good work in us, and then God is the one who carries that work on to completion. This is New Testament. He starts it, he carries it along, and then he brings it to completion. God works by his power. And so Christianity is a power religion. We believe in the power of God. The power of God is greater than the power of man. The power of God is greater than the power of governments. The, God, the power of God is greater than any man-made thing, any technology. How many know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Could somebody say amen? We believe in the power of God. Now I'm trying to stir you up in your heart your heart of faith to open up to the fact that God wants his power flowing through your life. What does that look like? What should that be like? And why is it that God's people are not really operating in his power? So here's what he says to Timothy. I'm walking very closely as we introduce this. Here's what he's saying. Timothy, keep your gift on fire, first thing. Okay, everyone, God wants you to live with your gift on fire. Then he says, and Timothy, the way you live with that gift on fire is that you are operating, you're staying in alignment with God's power, with God's heart, and with God's mind. But here's what he says in between, okay? He says, remember, Timothy, fear is the barrier. Fear is the barrier. Timothy, don't let in your faith, don't let fear get in because if, if fear gets into the place of your faith, you won't believe in God's power. Timothy, don't let fear get into your heart because if you let fear get into your heart, you won't love with God's heart the way you're supposed to. Timothy, don't let fear get inside of your spirit and in your mind because if fear gets inside of your spirit and in your mind, you're not going to think the way God wants you to think. You're not going to act the way God wants you to act because you're going to have the wrong kind of thoughts. As a man thinketh, so he is. So what is fear? Here's the definition of fear. Fear is a demonic suggestion that disrupts your alignment with the spirit of God. There are demonic suggestions that get inside of our spirit, okay, and they disrupt our our alignment with God. This is why many people are stuck, you see. Here's another way to put it. So you have your gift. God wants that gift on fire, and the enemy raises up fear, and fear becomes a blockade to you really tapping into God's power for your life. And it's God's will for you to live in the power of God. Amen? God wants us to to believe for his power and to operate in his power. This is God's way. They were were unschooled fishermen. And in in Acts chapter 2, they were filled with his power. And then they did amazing things for the glory of God. You see, but it was because they were visited by the power of God. Jesus said, look, I taught you for three years, but I still don't want you to leave. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with what? Power. Wait, I've given you the teaching, but now I'm going to give you the power. And when the power matches the teaching, you're going to be amazing. You see, this is what he was saying to them, and this is the way it unfolded. And so for many people they don't realize fear is the bar- is like a barrier and here's here's before we pray we're going to pray in a moment but I want to I want to talk a little bit about how fear manifests itself because we tend to see fear as you just being like this and and but fear is a lot bigger it's a cowardice that impacts the way you live and here's how it really works first of all fear makes us timid in our actions okay Fear makes us timid in our actions. So, so you might be here today and, uh, and God is calling you to, to do things and, and you know God has called you to do something and he's talked to you about it about 14 times. And you're like, man, I wonder if I should do that. And then, then, then another 20 people come and prophesy and say, you know what, I see this about you and I think you should be doing this. And it's just coming from everywhere. And you know what, you do? you go, man, I wonder if I should be doing this. You know, I wonder if this is God's plan for my life. You know, and your mother says it and your father says it and your friends say it. And you're like, man, I really need God to speak to me, man. <laughs> How many you know what I said is absolutely the truth? And we're timid and we're timid and we're timid. Now, let me pause here and say something to you, okay? This is a big deal. You know why? Because the Bible instructs me and all the other pastors what our job is. A lot of people miss this. The Bible says that we as pastors, our job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Thank you. Amen. Thanks for that. <laughs> my job, uh, see, American Christianity says your job up here is to do everything. And when I go to church, I go to church receive. Why do you go to church? They do service. Well, it makes me feel good. It's good for my life. That's, that's part of it, but it's not really the whole part of it. Okay, if you come to church, all right, only to receive and like, you know, I want my life better, then you're missing it. You see, you're missing it, because what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to come to church. When you come to church, the first reason you come to church is to worship God with the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? Thank you for that golf clap. Thank you. But no, we're supposed to come here, because I don't know about you. But Jesus kept me alive this week. He fed me this week. He, he fed my family. He helped me. Could somebody please say amen and thank God for all of his goodness, all of his faithfulness. We come and we acknowledge him one day a week. We stop everything and we give him the glory. How many would say amen now? Yes. You come here to worship God and honor God, but then you also come here To be equipped, you come here to be equipped. You're fed and equipped, so that when you, whether you're in the body or whether you leave, you are doing the work of the Lord wherever you go. We're people on mission, okay? We're just passing through. We're not living for here. How many know we're living for that day that He says, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." if your Christianity is like me, 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 that's American Christianity. That's not biblical Christianity. You see? And sometimes, look, if you're a baby in the Lord, it's okay. If you're young in the Lord, it's okay to come to church and primarily be fed. But there comes a point where you you are being equipped to serve. All day long I've been using the illustration. There's a brother who came here when our church was maybe a year or two old. Or it was Danny Cancel. And Danny came with his family and had two little you know, uh, uh, actually, one baby and one on the way. The one on the way was finally born. It's Ethan, and and uh, uh, I remember when Ethan was stomping around like this. Danny was a servant in the church, and then after a while, he became on staff. And when he came on staff, he was in charge of facilities, among other things that he did. You know, uh, um, I, and uh, uh, I remember him walking around, and his son. Now his son right now is like 15, and he's like six, four. he's like a moose. And uh, I'm trying to steal him f- to get him in this church instead of that church, because when he gets signed as a monster baseball player, we want the, the, the building fund offerings from the pro baseball player. We're working on that. But he's a big moose now. But when Ethan was like this, he would walk around and he would carry his dad's keys. You know, when you, when you run the church, you got all of these keys. And, and I remember him, Danny, doing something. He would say, okay, Ethan, go over there and do this and pick that up and do that. And, and, and Ethan had a job. His daddy worked in the Lord's house and he worked in the, in the Lord's house. Because how many know they're never too young to be taught that we are servants of the Most High God. We are servants of the most high God. We're here to serve Jesus. We're on this earth to serve Jesus and to bring him glory. We need our gift on fire so that we could really bring him glory, so that we could go into the neighborhood uh, this evening, so that we could be released into into our place of business or school and make an impact for Jesus. That is the best life. How many would say amen? But see, what we have to understand, brothers and sisters, is that fear gets you in, like, it's like you're not even stepping out into the things that God wants you to step out in. You should be serving someplace. Okay? Amen. I'm gonna give that man $45, right? So, look, your your fingers, your heart, your eyes, They don't take a day off. You're like, you know what? My finger's like, you know, I'm just going to take the day off and I'm going to let you go out. But see, we act like we're supposed to be a body. And we act like parts of the body can take a day off. How many know we don't take a day off? We're all working together to glorify and honor Jesus. And so so fear will make you timid in stepping out. Here's another thing that fear will do. Fear will make you dismissive in your expectations. People get stuck because they believe so little of God. They believe so low of God because something has gotten into their spirit that makes them cowardly when they approach God. So some people, the Bible says come boldly to the throne of grace, but some people when they come to the throne of grace, they say like, Lord, do you think you could, you know, maybe, you know, do this little thing for me? And we're so dismissive in our expectations of God. You see, but that's not God's will for your life or mine. But that's what fear does. Fear makes you believe. And here's, here's the way it really happens is you, here's the way we get tricked. We look at someone else's life and we pray for God's greatest for their life. And it doesn't matter what it is. No matter what the miracle is, we will pray down the glory and say, yes, God, you can do it. And we're, but then when it comes to ourselves, our expectations are so low. And we say those promises of God that are for that person, the thing that you did in that person's life, those promises are great for them. But for me, it's just too good to be true. Do you know how many people live live like that? For me, that promise, that relationship, that future, that blessing, all of those things, too good to be true. You see, but look, it's not too good to be true. It's just true. But fear will say it's too good to be true, okay. Fear is the barrier. Fear makes us comparative in our disposition. Fear makes you spend more time looking at other people than looking at Jesus. And you look at other people and you're looking at at what God did for them. Do you know that they have done studies, I just heard a podcast, this was not a Christian podcast, this was like a secular one. But they've done studies and they're saying, look, kids just cannot handle social media before they're like 13 years old. It just wrecks them. And if we want to know why there's so much anxiety now in our young people, and we want to know why there's so much stress, it's because they're on social media and they're looking at these fake lives, you know? So, you you know, life is tough. (laughs) But we don't Instagram, you know, when 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 you're, uh, uh, I haven't seen any of the sisters have a flu okay and like chicken pox and put that picture on with the, you know what the hair is like and they're like none of those posts. you see them they're like <laughs> right? Those are the posts. We put out the best and the, the best scene behind us and the best sunset and all of that kind of stuff. And so young people are looking at them and they go, my life is nothing like that. And they start to go into this cycle of self-criticism and, and shame and condemnation and they put themselves down so that even in some of the best neighborhoods in America, people are, kids are in high school and they're taking their lives. But see, that is a work of the devil. It's a work of hell because it gets people to compare themselves to other people instead of living by faith, saying, look, Lord, even if you bless that person, hallelujah, if you bless them, I know that you can bless me. I don't have anything to worry about. You got a plan for my life. But fear is a barrier. We're gonna pray just for a moment. Here's the last thing fear makes you defensive in outlook. I'm gonna bring this up throughout the whole series. Fear makes you defensive in your outlook. And uh, uh, you know, the intro's always a little bit longer, uh, which is why, by the way, that's why we started a little late today. Uh, um, but, but defensive in your outlook means this some people, and you need to ask yourself, today's a day for deep heart searching. So you need to ask yourself, are you one of those people, okay, that when you get around people, you're really like this. Hey, how are you doing? You're like, I'm fine. Wait a second, you belong to the Lord? How are you? I'm good, how are you? Do you know how many Christians are so closed? Always worrying about like, oh you always have to protect yourself. You can't love, people can't express love. Even people in your own family, they are dying for you to just open your arms and love them, but something happened that got into your spirit and you're like this, okay. It makes you afraid to open up again. You know, I'm telling you right now, that spirit does not come from God. How many would say amen and amen? We'll talk more about that next week. But I want to pray right now. I want to pray that we would not be affected and limited by the barrier of fear. And then I've just got a couple of quick application points. I've taken this long because I want you to understand what the barrier is. And I want you to pray right now, Lord, wherever that is, I don't want it. No matter where that is, I don't want it, Lord, because you didn't give that to me. How many know, no matter what flavor, the spirit of fear, just just know this, look, the first, and then I'll pray, the first outcome of sin, the first manifestation of sin was fear. When they sinned in the garden. Okay, the first manifestation of sin was that when now when God came to them, the Bible says that they hid. He says, where are you? He says, we were afraid. This has been a work of darkness from the very beginning. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. So come on, let's lift our hands right now to God. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for spiritual alignment in this place today, oh God. We pray for spiritual alignment in every heart, oh God. This is a very individual message that has a powerful impact on our collective experience and reality, Lord Jesus. But today, Father, we want to align with you. We want to align with your power for our lives, oh God, so that we could fulfill your purposes. And today, Lord God, we want to remove move that barrier and we want to align with power. Bless this word to our hearts and our minds and all of our actions. We thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said amen. 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 Yes, let's praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so when we talk about alignment, and we're going to move through this quickly, Alignment primarily means this. It means that when you wake up tomorrow, as you go home, it means that you're depending on God to do three things by his power. It's, it's you're depending on his power to first and foremost open pathways for you. How many know God is the God who opens doors that no man can shut? You're depending on him to pour out resources. Jehovah-Jireh is our provider. God is our provider. He's the one, and he provides by his mighty power. Thirdly, we're depending on his power to fulfill his purposes. The Bible says he's prepared in advance good works for us to do. And he will give us everything that we need so that we can accomplish that good work. How many believe that today? He will provide the power so we can do the things that we could never do by ourselves. So when you're open, when you're aligned... uh, uh, When you're aligned with God's spirit, you're aligned to his power and you depend on his power to do these three things. Let's talk to you about this like very fast. Number one, his power opens uh, uh, pathways. His power, it's all by his power, it opens pathways. Now this is very, very important for us to understand because a lot of times when we think about God's power, we don't identify with the fact that every good thing that we have has come from God's power meaning that before the foundations of the earth here's what here's what depending on his power means before the foundations of the earth God who knows everything he's omniscient okay and he's perfectly wise the omniscient one who's also omnipotent the god of all power before the foundations of the earth he decided what your life would be like. And he knew us before before we were even a twinkling in our mother's eye, the Bible says. He already knew us. And then he forms us in our mother's womb. When you depend on his power, you're going all the way back and you're saying the God of infinite power, he has already allocated power so that when I need a door open, that door will be made open. And that door that opens is based on his plan for my life. And so we are supposed to wake up every morning and we don't think that life just happens to us. If you're in sin, that's a different story. If you're in sin, you need to repent and align yourself with God. And praise God that his mercies are new every morning. How many are thankful he's ready to forgive us right here, right now? But if you're in the will of God and if you're serving God, you need to understand when you wake up tomorrow, where you are is, a, is, is the product of the power of God opening up a pathway for you. Now let me give you, a, I've been using a personal uh, example and uh, I want to move quickly through this, but stick with me. So, so you guys know my senior year uh, Baseball America had me top 25 high school prospects in the nation. I had scouts tell me, You're gonna go in the first round of the draft. Maybe the first 10 picks one scout told me. And you're gonna make a lot of money. And I have professional baseball players who, are, who pro baseball players, come and say, "Al, you're gonna be rich and all this kind of stuff." And then I got saved, and then my life i, I, I had a I pulled a muscle. My life went crazy. The beautiful plan that I had to be a baseball player was completely derailed. So I signed with a, a school in Texas. It's called Lamar University. They were like ranked at one 11th in the nation, Division One, big time baseball. Right, so I go to the school and I try to play there. Nothing works when it comes to baseball. Now, I was getting, schools were offering me scholarships like, like, I mean, Oklahoma State, Wichita State, all of these different schools were offering me scholarships and calling me. And I was taking letters from colleges, throwing them in the garbage. I said, I'm going pro. I don't have time for going to school. But anyway, I end up going to the school. Everything goes horrible. At the end of the first year, even though I didn't pay anything for the first year, they didn't even call me back. Talk about a diss. Like, thank you, Lord. You know what I mean? So now I come home, I go back from Texas, I come home, and I'm like, Lord, what am I gonna do with my life? And guess what? After the guy who had all the colleges, now I couldn't get into one college. None of them wanted me. And it was crazy. It was like, you mean nobody will take a chance? Nobody would take a chance on me. So here's what happens. No school could take a chance on me. But then there was one school that I get a call from the coach and say, hey, I hear you are back in New York. It just so happened that in Brooklyn there was a D1 school that means a higher level baseball. D1 school, the coach calls me and says, hey, why don't you come play for us. We will give you a little, a little scholarship money. And I was like, that school? I would never play for that school. But well, how many know beggars can be choosy, so I just like... So I went ahead and I started playing for the school. And you know what, I was like inside when I first started, I was like embarrassed to be there because of, you know, but... And so I'm embarrassed, I was unhappy and I kept looking at this thing and I was like, oh, can't believe my life. You know, this is what happens to a lot of us. We get born again, we're saved and then we're looking at our life and we're going, I can't believe this life. So it just so happens that that school was seven blocks away from the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Okay, Brooklyn Tabernacle is the first church I ever went to. Right, Brooklyn Tabernacle is where I grew, Brooklyn Tabernacle is where I learned about prayer meetings, Brooklyn Tabernacle is where I all learned uh, all the stuff that we do, it just ripped off from from my father-in-law and the other pastors there. You see? And I remember after I could go to prayer meetings after baseball games a lot of times or even, or, or even baseball practices, I would go right to prayer meeting. And I went to a prayer meeting one, one uh, Tuesday night and I had my baseball jacket on and I had my, like, like my kind of uh, cleats on. It wasn't cleats, they were um, turf shoes on. And so, uh, and, and this cute girl walks up to me. And I have been holding this over my wife forever because she spoke to me first. She comes up and goes, You play baseball? And, like, yeah, that's how my friendship with Chrissy started. Right? So, look. So, look. I was hugging my grandsons back there. All right? I had no idea. No idea what God had in store for my life. No idea. You see, you have no idea of what God has for your life. But I'm telling you right now, if you wake up and you don't give in to fear and you don't let the devil criticize what God is doing in your life right now, you could start celebrating. You could start saying, hallelujah, God. You've opened this door, oh, God. See, when you wake up tomorrow, you may not like the situation that you're in, but you can still say, God, what are you up to? You're up to something, God. You've opened up this door. you got a plan, oh, God. I'm going to excel. It might be a crummy job, but I'm going to excel at this crummy job. And this is going to be the springboard to the next thing. How many know God has a beautiful plan, a powerful plan, a wonderful plan. And he opens that up. He opens up the pathway by his mighty power. No matter where you find yourself, stop letting the devil... Shape the way you view what's happening in your world. You see, only God could take the worst things and make them the best things. So, the power of God opens pathways, and when you start thinking about that, you'll stop being jealous about other people's pathways. You start focusing on the pathway that He has for you. Secondly, the power of God not only opens pathways, but it pours out resources. God is the kind of God who provides what we need. He provides what we need. Okay, that's still a weekend. Remember, that's all right. We're working through it. See, when we wake up in the morning, when we wake up in the morning, there should be a gratitude in our spirit that says, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this house thank you for air conditioning. Thank you, Lord, for a bed to sleep on. Thank you for, for, for breakfast. Thank you, Lord, for, for cereal. Thank you, Lord, you have provided in such an amazing way. How many look back and say, man, Lord, you have been so good. You have provided in so many amazing ways. And so when you, when, you, when you understand God's power from the right perspective, here's what, here's what you understand. You understand that with God, just know this, fear will get you off, but with God, there's the initial, everyone say initial. Then there's interim, everyone say interim. Then there's the ideal, everyone say ideal. Okay, in God, first there's initial. It's still God. It's still God. But God grows a life with seeds. The Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings. See, in our world we want everything now, 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 instead of letting God grow us into what he has for us. But you've got to be faithful in the small. How many would say amen? And when you're faithful in the small, then more will be added. How many would say amen? And so you celebrate and rejoice in the small and in the beginning things that God is doing. Don't put down what God is doing. Work with what God has given you and grow it. and say, Lord, I believe that your strength is here. And I believe that you're going to take me from here to there. And then all of a sudden you go from initial to interim and all of a sudden you're like, man, things are a little bit better now. You know, when we started this church, I was telling I told Pastor Edgar when he became chief on staff, anything that we start by faith, it's always like this. It's initial. You work with what you have, and then it's interim. We started in a building over there, then we had an interim building. Now we're here. Okay, we're still not at the ideal, but hallelujah. Praise God, this is about as ideal as it gets. But that's the way it is with God. How are you looking at what God is providing in your life? Because if it's always negative, 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 you're gonna end up stuck in God. If it's always negative, 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 you're gonna end up, you're not believing God for more. You're not even giving God the credit for what, look, if you despise the initial, You will forfeit the ideal. You see? If you can rejoice with the small victories, then I'm telling you, you're you're putting your faith in the greater victory, in the greater victory. But if God has given you small victories and you're just complaining about the small victories, you're not aligned with his power. You're not seeing it. Because oh, God has a place, He has a destination. And it's a powerful place for you. It's, he does have a beautiful plan. But look, little is much when God is in it. But God's power is even in little things. Could we praise God for that today. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's amazing what God has. So look, I did, I, a, this week I, uh, I preached twice at a Spanish, uh, a conference for Spanish pastors. And I had a group of guys with me, Eric, who's my assistant. He's a new assistant, he's been on staff almost two months now. Eric is from Minnesota, grew up in Minnesota. He went to school in Wheaton. And uh, I was really laughing because Eric was with me, at this everything was in Spanish, I needed an interpreter even to speak. Because I can't preach in Spanish. But Eric is there, he doesn't know a lick of Spanish. Eric is really, really white. Right, This is kind of funny to, to, uh, uh, to be here and Eric was there and, and listen, so, so I want you to think about this. I want you to think with the eyes of God's power, okay. So I am standing there, this was two days ago and they were, they were playing, singing a song in Spanish. And the presence of, it was powerful. I mean the presence of God was there, it was just really, really powerful. And Eric is standing next to me and we are worshiping God. And Eric is worshiping God, but he has no idea what the songs are saying. But he was like, in God, right? Eric is 23 years old. So I'm worshiping God, and we're in this very unique place, definitely unique for him. And I look over at him, and here's what the thought that crossed my mind I said, Lord, what amazing plans you must have for this young man's life what must be your purposes for this guy's life that you've got him here in this meeting which in the natural like why what is he doing here no, but but see, all of a sudden, as I started to dream, I like I have a I have inklings. This guy's gonna be a pastor, this guy's gonna be a man of God, this guy's gonna be a messenger for the kingdom of God. And I just began to envision Eric walking into places that he they may not, he may not even know the language, but that's all right because God started getting him ready years ago to be in places where he didn't know the language, where he could still love people, he could still connect with people, he still understood that God had a mission and that even all of that stuff wouldn't stand in his way and he can be the voice of God in a particular place and that is God's purpose and God is working that purpose when he's 23 and who knows what's going to happen when he's 33. You see? So Eric was worshiping God and seeking God and crying out to God and he wasn't going, you know, Pastor Toledo, I really don't know Spanish. No. No. He was like seeking God. You see, and I'm looking over at him and I'm saying, oh, my goodness, God has an amazing plan. Do you realize that God has great purpose for your life? His power, his power fulfills his purposes. What you need to understand about God's powers, first of all, That his power opens doors for pathways, okay? His power pours down the resources. What God was pouring down on Eric yesterday is part of his resources for God's purposes tomorrow. You see? And people are going to be like, yo, you feel so comfortable. You're with us and you're so comfortable. He says, man, I love you. You don't even know how much I love you. You know, you don't even know how much I love you. It doesn't matter where I grew up. I love you. And you know why? It's because God taught him how to love them, you know. Do you know that that's what this city needs? It needs needs people who are so free and we're free when we're prepared by the processes of God to fulfill the purposes of God. All of it happens. Remember, you don't do it to yourself. God's power does it to you and for you. How many would say amen? All right. We're going to close. We're going to close in a moment so. We're walking through this. How do you align with his power? Right? We know that that when you align with his power, you're depending on God for his pathway, for him to open pathways. You're depending on God for him to provide resources. And and that that shapes the way you choose to live your life. You're depending on God to fulfill His purposes, and he says, Don't get stuck. Don't let fear get you stuck because remember, fear is the barrier. And so, here's what really, really happens. I want to put up this image of a heart, okay? And I want you to think about someone's heart, and I want you to think about this heart in the course of let's call these lines not years let's call them the pages of a person's life in certain years they're pages and so what 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 we have to be ultra sensitive to is the fact that sometimes we are born again okay we have a new spirit we're born again but we're stuck because in the spirit when god when you're born again, there are certain things that that God wants to drive out. You see, and so maybe when someone was seven years old, something happened to you that shamed you. Okay, I was talking to the to the staff. Uh, we had staff meeting, and and I remember I remember playing with these older kids, and they shamed me. Okay, as a little boy, I got shamed. And then I, I remember getting up in front of school and, and I started to, they, they asked me to give a speech. And when I went to give a speech, I was so nervous that my, my, my hands were shaking and the paper was shaking. And the kids in the lunchroom, they started laughing about, about this big. They started laughing and I just walked off. And so I, here I am called to the ministry and I don't ever want to preach. And, and and God started speaking to me. It's like, like, look, why is it that you keep saying you don't want to do what I'm telling you to do? You know? What is it? Don't you you know, you love God, you wanna serve God, you wanna honor God, but something gets in your spirit that you don't even realize. You see, and so it could be shame. Some, some, some woman here, your father said something hurtful to you when you were young or it was abusive to you. And now you can't really experience the relationships because you've, you've created a perspective of men that has just, it makes you afraid of them. You know, or 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 I I there was a, a young man we were trying to help and his mother was so abusive. He says, I just can't connect with women because of what she did. I just I just can't see the possibilities of it being good with a woman. You see? What is that? That is a form of fear that says because something happened to me in my past, I can't live according to God's power in the present. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. God didn't, that's not from God and we have to get that out. You see, if you are walking into rooms and feeling embarrassed, you belong in that room. You got to get that out of your spirit. You belong in that room. You belong in that place. You have been assigned by God to be there. And so there are all of these holy kingdom assignments that we are missing out on because we don't recognize that there are things that are lodged in our spirit. And so here's what the Lord showed me and we are going to close right now with this. Okay, if you really want to align, one of the deep works of spiritual alignment is this. We have to renounce deep so that we can receive deep. We have to renounce deep so that we can receive deep. You see, the purpose of God for your life is deep. The call of God is deep. You see, we're talking about deep things. And if you're one of those people, you're always on the sideline when it comes to the kingdom of God. God wants to get you off of the sideline. He wants to get you in the game. He wants to get you stepping out in faith and living by faith. But what is in your spirit that is holding back? It's some form of fear. But we have to renounce that. When you renounce something, the scripture talks about the fact that when you renounce something, there's something violent that's happening. You're saying, I don't want that in my spirit, in my house, in my family, in my mind, in my body. I don't want that anymore. Not even a drop of it. I renounce it. I reject it in the name of Jesus. I reject perversion in the name of Jesus. My daddy taught me about perversion, but I renounce perversion in the name of Jesus. Read Psalm 101 in the, in the New Living Translation. It says, I will set no vile thing or ungodly thing in front of my eyes. How me know some people need to renounce perversion in the name of Jesus. Perversion will make you a coward. Perversion makes men relational cowards. It makes women relational cowards. There are all of these things. Put that picture back up. All right, we're going to pray right now. But listen, there are all of these things that get lodged in our spirit and we're living with it. And you know what Paul is saying? Timothy, don't live with it. Everybody say don't live with it. Don't live with that thing. Don't live If you're young and you know that something wrong is growing inside of your spirit, don't live with it. If you're older, it's not too late. Don't live with that thing. God has not given that. God has given you a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So we have to renounce deep. Say, Lord, I reject that. Satan, get thee behind me. And I'm going to tell you, here's what's going to happen. For a short season until you really open up to just walking in the new things, you might have to a few times a day renounce deep. A few times a day, you might have to say, I don't want that, I reject that feeling, I renounce that temptation, I renounce that issue, I don't want to hear that on the radio, I turn off the radio here and I turn it off over there. Some of you got things turned on that need to be turned off in seven different places and you need to renounce seven times, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want it, seven times I don't want it. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'll close with this. When you really start renouncing deep and getting all of that junk out of your spirit, then you open yourself up. And guess what's waiting for, waiting to fill you. The kingdom of God is waiting to fill you. The glory of God is waiting to fill you. The power of God, the heart of God, the love of God is waiting to fill you. And then life is going to be very different. But we have to renounce deep and say, Lord, I don't want anything in my spirit. And that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for our children and our children's children. We don't want anything in our spirit that is not of you. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's the kingdom that we belong to. Lift your hands to him right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to God.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus.
0: Hallelujah. It's in you, Lord, everyone.
1: It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you. what I'm gonna do
0: I want to open up the altar right now anyone is here you're like you know what I need spiritual alignment it doesn't matter the details as, as I, I want to align with God's power. could be your motivation or it could be, Lord, I, I need to renounce certain things. It doesn't matter but today is a day that we want to align with God's power and if you feel the pull of the Holy Spirit, please respond. Don't be timid in your actions. Respond to what the Spirit is saying. Slip out of your seat and come because we're going to pray together. We're going to pray and we're going to renounce together and we're going to believe together for God's power don't stay on the sidelines we don't want to be on the sidelines we want to get into the thick of god's will we want to get into the fullness of god's will hallelujah come on with hands raised with hands raised it's in you
1: lord it's in you lord everyone it's in Found. we know there's more that's found in you and we will never settle for less we know there's more that's found in you come on every voice and we will never and we will never settle for less We know there's more that's found in you. Everyone
0: in the building, take someone's hand right now. Hallelujah. There's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. And here's what we're going to agree first we're going to agree that any form of fear that is lodged in the hand that you're holding, if you're with your spouse, please take their hand and pray. We want everything out of your marriage that doesn't belong there. We're breaking ties. The Bible says throw off the weights. Fear is like a weight that gets in a person's spirit. And it holds you down and it holds you back. It keeps you on the sidelines. We want to throw off the weights and the sin that so easily entangles. And we want to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so right now, I want you to pray to the left and to the right. We want the spirit of God to break things off. Come on, we want to renounce, renounce deep, 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 oh God, in the name of Jesus. Deep in our past, oh God. Deep in our emotions. Deep in our spirit, oh God. God, God, deep in our relationship. God, in the name of Jesus, we renounce everything that is not of you. Break off fear in the name of Jesus. Break off timidity name of Jesus break off defensiveness in the name of Jesus break off unbelief in the name of Jesus break it off by your mighty power oh God clean out every spirit clean out every marriage clean out every every home clean out our homes by your mighty power break it off in the name of Jesus We reject it. We renounce it in the name of Jesus. We renounce fear. We renounce perversion. We renounce, oh God. Being closed, we want to be open, oh God. We renounce it. Tear down the barrier of fear, oh God. Tear it down by your mighty power, oh God. hallelujah and as we go to close come on pray for power pray for the power of God for your brother pray for the power of God for your sister open pathways this week oh God open doors this week open doors we won't be afraid to walk through them oh God God pour your power your mighty power by your mighty power fulfill your purpose fulfill your purpose fulfill your purpose by your mighty power fulfill your purpose by your mighty power Oh God hallelujah hallelujah let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, O oh God. Let the kingdom of God flow through your people. Let the kingdom of God be part of our lives. Be part of our the way we live, O oh God. We pray for kingdom power, O oh God. So, Father, we go from this place, celebrating our dependence on your power oh god we thank you that you have the power to take care of us you're gonna pay the bills that we need paid you're gonna open up the doors that we need open you're gonna fulfill your purpose oh god it doesn't matter what we see god because we focus on what we don't see we focus on you lord jesus release your people god to celebrate you, to rest in you, to rejoice in you. Thank you, God. Thank you for all the things that your power is gonna bring about. God, I even thank you for visitors. Maybe there's a visitor from out of town and they needed this message, oh God. God, wherever they go, may your power go with them, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Release your people to rest in you, to rejoice in you, and to seek you, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said amen come on let's give him a loud hand clap offering hallelujah 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 blessed be the name of the lord god bless you god bless you everyone greet one another before you go sisters hug four or five sisters brothers hug four or five brothers we'll see you on tuesday god bless you